line. Uh, I'll advise when the 30 seconds begins. 30 seconds has begun. Chair, staff is ready when you are. There we go. Hello, good evening, everybody. Um, and welcome, welcome to the April 6th, 2023 at 6 p.m. Parks and Community Enrichment Commission. The meeting is now called to order. Will you please call uh, the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boone. Present. Commissioner Flores. Present. Commissioner Ford. Present. Commissioner Gallardo Good. Present. Commissioner Herman is absent. Commissioner Kangas is. is currently absent. Uh, Commissioner King? Present. Commissioner Liu? Present. Commissioner McCarchick? Present. And Commissioner Robbins? Present. Vice Chair Gaines? Present. And Chair Vasquez? Present. Thank you, we have quorum. Wonderful, thank you. Um, so great to see everyone here tonight. I have a few directions for you before we get started. Um, I'd like to remind the mem members of the public here in chambers, if you'd like to speak on an agenda item, then what you do is grab a speaker slip in the back and you're gonna write your name on it and you're gonna bring it to this little black basket in the front of the room um, when the item begins. And that's how you um, say that you wanna speak on the item. So for the members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. And once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, the raise your hand feature um, can provide public comment when I confirm the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, please click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone, to raise your hand, dial star nine, and then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have two minutes to speak once you're called on. And after the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. So if you do wish to speak, please do submit that right as we start that item. And we're now gonna proceed with today's agenda. Hello, come on in. Hello everyone. Um, we are gonna all stand together now so that we can have the land acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you'll please join me and please rise. Thank you, everyone. Uh, please join me in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanon people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Winton peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands. 
by choosing to gather today in the active practice and acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now, if you'll please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. May I please be seated. All right. We're going to move to the approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have no hands raised online. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? All righty. Is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? I'll motion. I'll second. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, we have a motion by Commissioner McCarchek and a second by Commissioner Gaines. Will you please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boone? Aye. Commissioner Flores? Aye. Commissioner Ford? Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Aye. Commissioner Herman is currently absent. Commissioner Kangas? Aye. Commissioner King? Aye. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Commissioner McCarchek? Aye. Commissioner Robbins? Aye. Vice Chair Gaines? Aye. And Chair Vasquez? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Thank you so much. Um, do we happen to have Commissioner Klutzman in the waiting room online by chance? Um, I do not see a member of the public online with the name of Klutzman. Thank you so much. Um, before we get started today, I did want to honor Commissioner Klutzman um, for her time here on the Parks Commission. Her service has ended with the end of her term, um, but we do have this lovely plaque that um, as soon as she's able to join us that we will give to her and I'll share our stories of all the time that she spent here on the commission with us. So I do want to enter into record that we're very grateful for her service and we cannot wait to see her again. Alrighty, and with that, um, do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on that item? Commissioner Gallardo, good. Yes, thank you. I just wanted to thank her for her service uh, during the pandemic and before where we were able to just commiserate on um, opportunities to engage um, as a mayoral appointee. I'll, I'll share that, um, having the opportunity um, to hear her insightfulness and thoughtfulness around uh, services uh, and what we provide the public as a whole was very thoughtful. And so I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to serve alongside her and wish her the very best and I'm always gonna be here for her. Thank you. Any other commissioners? All right, then with that, we'll move on to today's agenda. Uh, we're going to proceed to the discussion calendar, and item two is the Morton Golf Summer Update. Is there a staff presentation? 
Wonderful. Thank you. Please join us. Introduce yourself. Hi. Uh, my name is Terry Daubert. Uh, I'm the uh, president of Morton Golf. Uh, and right here with me is Alex Cooper, and he is the junior golf. So, yeah, I'm the director of youth and disabled golf for Morton Golf. And uh, we're both here to kind of give you an update of what's happening at your uh, city golf courses. Uh, we have the uh, Hagen Oaks, uh, Bing Maloney, uh, Bartley, Cavanaugh, and William Land. And uh, there's some kind of really exciting things coming up. Uh, we're going to go over a lot of new programs that are happening. And before Alex begins, I want to invite you all to the uh, Easter egg hunt. We have a free Easter egg hunt going on this Sunday, you know, at Hagen Oaks. We've had it for the last, wow. Uh, I would say 26th year. 20, 26th year. And uh, the community comes out. We have free pancakes. And uh, we, th we throw some eggs out on the uh, Arcade Creek course. It's really fun. And all kinds of people come out that don't play golf. And it, it gets people involved in the community. So this Sunday, so if you have time, it's really a kick. So I'm going to introduce Alex, and you can kind of get started with this. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having us. Um, we will get started, and we'll start by talking about what we've got coming up with uh, the women's golf space at the moment. Um, we'll start with, so with our four city golf courses, we've got three women's mentor leagues at three of our facilities. Uh, the first one is at Hagen Oaks. Um, this is led by a lady named Linda Reed. Um, this is a, a women's mentor program for kind of newer or kind of social golfers that want to play in a fun space, kind of a safe space to get out onto the golf course. I believe Linda has three different leagues that go out each week on Wednesday and Friday mornings and then Thursday evenings. And it, we have over, I believe it's over 300 women a week playing this league. Um, it's, um, they get to play with 20 mentors and it's free to play with a mentor. These mentors come out onto the golf course with the groups to kind of teach the ladies everything they need to know about how to be on the golf course and kind of get them into a place where they can play on their own, stress-free, and kind of with, it's with family, with friends, or outside of the league. And then we have one at William Land Golf Course, run by Jane Brown. Uh, Jane runs a, the same type of women's mentor league on a Thursday morning at William Land Park. There are roughly about, I think on her email list, there might be over 750 women on the email list. I believe we get about 30 to 35 women each week that come out. And then on the first Thursday of every month, uh, Kurt David, who is the GM at William Land Park, runs a kind of complimentary fleet free kind of clinic for the ladies to kind of get them into a position to get out onto the golf course a little bit more. And then lastly, we also have one at Bing Maloney. This is run by Janet Vorwick. Um, she has, as well, same as Linda, she has three different times on a Wednesday and a Saturday morning and then a Thursday evening after work. And then we also have the Chinese Women's Golf Club that play regularly, whether it's, I believe, it's either once a week or once a month. Um, Janet's group, they have a similar amount of mentors, 10 to 15 mentors that go out with the women and kind of help them get into a position to get ready to play. We had our Titleist Women's Day last year. This was essentially a Women's Appreciation Day hosted by Titleist. So we had all of our women's mentor groups and other women's play leagues come together, uh, meet us at Hagen Oaks, where we had four of our instructors. I was lucky enough to be one of them. We had Tom Morton, who's one of our partners, um, Charlotte Mayorkas, who's our uh, one of our LPGA teaching professionals, and then Mike Duhamel, who's our director of high performance. We ran uh, various different clinics on the different aspects of the game, and then members of the Titleist staff came out and kind of ran a wedge station to kind of introduce the ladies to why club fitting is important, the different types of clubs, and so on and so forth. 
and I believe we it says 30 on the slide, but I think we were closer to about 50 women from all the different uh, playgroups came out. Then in next week on the 13th and the 18th at Hagen Oaks, we have our Women's Appreciations Day. Um, this is kind of in a community event to get all of our ladies golf clubs, whether it's the Mentor League or like the Chinese Women's Golf Club over at Bing Maloney, to come together and as a way for us to kind of say thank you for choosing us to be the host of their golf leagues. Um, we'll have kind of a, a variety of different um, activities going around on the facility, whether it's at the back of our driving range as a clinic, whether it's on the top tracer on the driving range, whether they're playing games, in our player performance studio, in our style bar, in our super shop, they'll get a free drink, there'll be food, there'll be all sorts kind of going on. And so we've got two days on the 13th and the 18th to kind of make the ladies feel welcome. Then into our junior golf space, which is uh, my day-to-day -day stuff, um, our PGA junior camps, or PGA camps as they are now known, these are our summer camps. So we do eight weeks of summer camps when the kids are out of school. Um, we host eight weeks at Hagen Oaks, and then Bing, Maloney, and William Land split, and they kind of go back and forth depending on which week they choose. Um, I believe last year, between the three facilities, we had almost over 400 individual children take part in our summer camps, and just under 40% of those stayed with us moving into the fall and this spring. Um, it's great being kind of a partner with PGA Junior Camps because they are a local uh, company that just down the road somewhere in Midtown, and they partner with the PGA, and the kids get a bunch of cool swag at the end of it, socks, hats, balls, etc. And it's just a really fun way to get the kids with us all day. They can either be with us for three hours in the morning or if it's some of the older, more experienced kids, it could be from eight o'clock in the morning to three in the afternoon. So mom and dad aren't having to run around like headless chickens in the summertime. And then this year it's exciting because we're now expanding the summer camp program. So we're gonna offer five different types. So we're gonna be able to encompass all different ages and skill levels this year. And then NCIG junior programming. So the NCIG is the Northern California Institute of Golf. That is kind of the umbrella under Morton Golf that is responsible for all of player development. That encompasses uh, private lessons, club fittings, junior programming, adult programming, and then adaptive golf programming. Um, the uh, the map that you see on this slide is our youth, growth, uh, youth golf roadmap that we created this year. We found that it was with so much that we have going on, it was kind of difficult for parents and families to navigate the junior golf space. And people don't know what they don't know, so we needed to find a better way to kind of spell it out of this is the progression and this may be where your child's at and this is where you need to go in the future. Um, we, are, we have junior golf programming at Hagen Oaks, Bing Maloney, William Land. Um, this year we expanded our programs. Uh, for, we used to have five junior golf programs, we now have ten. So we brought five new programs in for kind of the older, higher level kids that we weren't necessarily able to keep hold of before. I believe last year, combined with all three facilities, we had about 1,600 individual registrations, which was close to about 900 individual children taking part in the programs. And this year, it looks like we're on pace to be even more than that. And that's, it's great for us to kind of get kids from all over the greater Sacramento area coming down. We've got kids coming from Elk Grove, from Rockland, all over to come and be with us, which is great for us. Um, open house and parent clinics at the start of this year. Uh, the NCIG team, we held two open houses, one at William Land and one at Hagen Oaks, um, just to kind of kick off our year. Um, it was more of a kind of, we had some fun games and clinics for the kids. We had some t-shirts we were giving away, some golf balls. It was uh, educational and informational um, stands for the parents. It was kind of a, to get to know us as a team because we're now building out this NCIG brand that people weren't necessarily aware of beforehand. And then parent clinics, uh, myself and Mike Duhamel, we are doing a monthly uh, parent webinar on all things junior golf. So each month we'll have a different topic. We've done one on kind of all of our programs and what people can expect. We did one on long-term athlete development, um, two 
two weeks ago, we had our first in-person parent seminar um, all about long-term athlete development and kind of what they can expect from us and how we kind of take the kids through the journey of junior golf. So that's something that we're trying to prioritize more and more kind of going into the future. Um, uplifting the undeserved, I'm really fortunate in my position to be able to be responsible for five to six adaptive golf programs and for people that may not necessarily see golf as something that's open to them. Um, one of the first that we partner with is uh, with the first tee of Greater Sacramento themselves is Rise Golf. Um, the first tee of Greater Sacramento actually come on to our facility and run this program once a month and it's all about equity for people in lower income families that may not see golf as a sport that's accessible to them because um, golf can be seen as an industry that's quite elitist and you need to be wealthy to play it, which is not necessarily the case. And one of the great things about First Tee, uh, First Tee in general is they have a golfership program. So for families that can't afford to pay for registration fees, they have a system which is a grant system almost, where the First Tee will pay a, either all of the registration fee or some of it or however much they can because we don't want to turn away any children that can't afford it if we don't have to. And then we have the Special Olympics of Northern California. This is an annual event that we host in uh, September. So we have about three or four different special needs organizations that bring their athletes to us each September. Um, I was fortunate enough last year to, kind of, uh, to be officially be able to close the games last year. Um, we had about over 100 athletes participate. Um, this is an event that the Morton Golf Foundation provides 35 volunteers to, and we uh, donate $5,000 every year towards it. And uh, the really cool story about this one, in that picture you can see kind of with his red medal on, um, we had one of our athletes compete in the World Special Olympics Games in Florida last year. His, ne his name is Jeremy McCarthy, and he and his coach, uh, Tom Corlett, they won gold for Team USA at the Special Olympics last year. So we have an Olympic gold medalist in one of our programs, which is very, very cool. Um, Society for the Blind, um, so this is a program for children living uh, that are visually impaired. Um, Morton Golf Foundation provides $2,000 annually for this program and they play at William Lamb Park over the winter time. They go out once a week and they have a um, well-sighted person as a volunteer in that group to be able to help them kind of maneuver around the golf course. And that's a, a cool program that we're able to do kind of in the quieter time of the year and it's, um, we have anything from 20 to 30 children come out for that one. Uh, PGA Hope is a program that was set up uh, as a partnership between the PGA of America and the uh, Veterans Association for free golf clinics for veterans. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to lead our session at Hagen Oaks, and we do a spring session and a fall session. Uh, we typically do about 30 veterans in each class. Um, and we actually found out this spring that we've got 30 on the wait list, so we're adding a second session on Fridays this year. Um, the Morton Golf Foundation provides $7,000 for this annually, and then one of the cool parts of this program is we are able to select two or three veterans from our program, and there's about four or five in total, that uh, we have a partnership with Ping, and these veterans are given a full set of Ping golf clubs and a Ping bag that they get presented to on stage at Golf and Guitars, which is a kind of a very cool moment for them. And PGA Hope, we have six or seven week session, then they kind of, we have a graduation at the end, and then we have some uh, play groups that we have captains for to keep the veterans kind of out in the social space, because a lot of the time we get the vets coming up and be like, I've not been around this many people in 15 or 20 years, and if we can keep them going and keep them out, that's kind of what that program is for. Uh, California Eagles, this is one of our uh, Special Olympics programs, partners with the First Tee. Morton Golf Foundation provides $15,000 a year for this for kind of all the program's purposes, whether it's equipment, uh, clothes, clubs, uh, the tournaments we do. 
We run this program at uh, Williamland on Mondays and Hagen Oaks on Tuesdays during kind of in the summertime. Um, we have roughly about 120 disabled athletes in this program. Um, 80 or so of them uh, come to Hagen Oaks and about 35 to 40 go to Williamland. Um, we have a whole variety of different groups depending on how much support they need or how independent they are. And it's just a very cool program. We've had some of the people in the program have been in, in the program since they were about uh, 15 or 20 and now they're almost in the 50s that's keep coming back so it's a, a very very fun program that we do um, angels for hearts is a non-profit organization that brings children with pediatric cardiac conditions some of these kids in these programs have had the cardiac condition since they were born and we've actually got one of the kids in the program actually found out about their cardiac condition about a month and a half ago so we've got some high school kids that were playing soccer, baseball, football, that all of a sudden kind of world came crashing down because they found out they can't do the cardiac side of it anymore. And that's one of the wonderful things about golf is that we can provide a sport to keep them going and keep them active in a social space without that physical demand that their body can't quite take anymore. Um, we do a monthly clinic on Saturdays and it's actually gonna be their 10 year anniversary with us in May uh, that we're gonna do kind of a big event for and we provide $4,000 a year for that. Um, what we've got coming up, um, so the top tracer, if anyone's ever been to the driving range at Hagen Oaks, you'll see all the nice fancy screens on the front side now. If you've ever been to Top Golf, it's the same equipment that Top Golf use. Um, it is the only driving range in the area that has this, and it is free to use. So you just need to buy a bucket of balls, and then you can come up and you can do stat tracking, you can play fun games, you can play virtual golf courses, and it's typically pretty packed. The driving range is open 24 hours a day in the summer, so it can be, it can be busy, especially with when people are trying to stay out of the heat. Uh, golf guitars, like I mentioned earlier, with uh, PGA Hope, this is an annual event, uh, two-day event. We have a celebrity golf tournament at the start, and then we have a singer-songwriter day, which is kind of more personal and small, and then the last day is a bigger event. Uh, this event's raised over $1.5 million for charity since 2008. Um, it's, it's kind of one of the... I'm not a country music fan, but for those that are, it's one of the bigger events in the area. And it's, uh, I actually went to my first one last year and it's, it gets busy and people love it. And it's a great one for us to host and be able to raise so much money for charities. One of the main goals of it. Um, 100 holes of golf at Bing Maloney. This is a fundraiser to support junior golf. And it's one of the requirements that the Morton Golf Foundation has of its grant recipients. So Morton Golf Foundation every year provides grants for colleges or golf clubs to a variety of junior golfers. And one of their requirements with this is that they fundraise to give back. And the thing they're fundraising for is to play 100 holes of golf at Bing Maloney every year. Um, the Capital Cup Challenge at William Land, this is a tournament that happens between members of the city and the county. All of the proceeds are going towards the, um, the new golf facility at Hiram Johnson High School. This is almost complete. I don't quite know when it will be finished, but that's, it's up and running and very close to being um, completed now. Um, we had the bunny on the green at William Land last weekend. I believe it was about over 150 people showed up to kind of, for the kids, to kind of run around the golf course grabbing Easter eggs that were filled with candy or little toys or all sorts. There was a mimosa bar for the parents, there was food and drinks out and so, all those fun events. And then this coming weekend, like Terry mentioned, we have the uh, annual Easter egg hunt. I believe last year we had roughly like a thousand people showed up. And then the Easter egg hunt happens like that quick. It's the, the gone and then the back. So it's a really cool event that, with the pancakes and then we have some information about our junior golf programs and everything out about it. Um, Music on the Green is a monthly event that Kurt David started running at William Land where we have local musicians and bands come out and there'll be food and drink and it's just kind of a community hangout for people. You don't have to be playing at the golf course, you can just be living in the local area and want to come on out. 
And then each Christmas at Williamland, he started doing a My First Club with Santa, where we have one of our staff dressed up as Santa Claus who kind of sits in a golf cart in the cart barn and kids get a free club, whether it be a putter or a, an iron or something. That's, it's aimed at kids who don't play golf to kind of try and incentivize them to try to get into the game. Um, there's snacks, there's uh, clothes on sale, there's all sorts, kind of a little Christmas event. Uh, weddings, so we are, if you've ever been to Hagen Oaks in the summertime, you'll see that it almost feels like there's a wedding every day. Um, it's, um, we're really happy to be able to say that people choose us to spend their special day at. As somebody who got married recently, I kind of understand the importance of that now, and it's kind of, it feels like there's a wedding every other day. And it's, it's very cool to be able to see people kind of share that moment together on our property. And then, uh, that's it, so thank you very much. Okay. I don't know if there's any questions or anything, but we're good. Stay right okay. there. I will stay here. I won't move. Amazing. Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item um, from those in chambers, and I have no hands raised um, online. Do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner McCarchek. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I'm curious if you like you could give a little bit more detail on the updates uh, at the of the golf complex at Hiram Johnson. Uh, that would be. I'm sure Terry would have more for that than yeah. than I would. But yes, I'm sure. I'm um, hopefully you have more answers than me. Yeah, I have a little. Okay. Sounds very intriguing. As you know, uh, or maybe you don't know, uh, we had our fourth annual Capital Golf Challenge. Well, what was that? That's where the city and the county play against each other. And uh, so we had people like uh, 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 the mayor, uh, Daryl, play, Alan Warren, Rob Fong, and a list of notables from the city. Then we had from the county, we had uh, uh, Patrick Kennedy, uh, we had Rich Desmond, and again, a bunch of notable. Well, it gets competitive out there. I mean, they're playing this nine-hole course, and it's, you know, sometimes Sydney and County aren't always on the same page. Well, they're having a blast. And so uh, you'll be happy to know the city did win this year, okay, just so you know. Um, we've very raised, and I was talking, uh, talking to Alex about this, I think we've raised close to $250,000 over the four years. Uh, uh, through that uh, uh, initiative, and so really excited about it, and it's fun, and it gets people out of the normal aspect. Of it. So does that kind of give you an idea where we're at with that? We were surprised how far the building had gotten, and again, it's an outside facility, okay, f to, to learn and how to, how to play, and I think it's close to about 70% done already. And so a lot of the money that will be, that has been raised uh, will be used for the programs themselves. And so that's kind of where we stand. I'm excited about it. It's a big deal. Do you know like, when it's going to be, be finished? Oh, I was surprised it was this far along. But it's going to be soon. I, I'd say it's going to be soon, within months. Okay? Pretty exciting. Thank you. Sure. Is there any other questions? Sure. My question has to do with, um, is your organization for-profit? Is that how you're able to donate? So uh, Morton Golf LLC is not, So that, that, but the, we have a Morton Golf Foundation, which is. 
So we have, yes. We have, it's on board, different entity completely. I applaud the, the donations that you make along the way um, that helps to uh, bring golf and charity together. The philanthropy part is very intriguing and um, it's obviously needed in our community in this region. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, we, we've had a, a really big success with it. We have a great board and they're all committed. They're all, they're all here for the same thing we are, is for junior golf and to see how we can help people get more acquainted with the game. And the uplifting for um, the underserved programs is very extensive as well. Correct. So thank you for, for pairing up with the Special Olympics. That's near and dear to my heart. Um, to know that you do as much as you do with them, um, just want to thank you for that. It's a two-way street. It's really rewarding. You know, when you give like that, you give back. And it, it's, it's, it's good. Sure. Our King? Yes, thank you. Um, so I live in District 5, which is in the, in the neighborhood that actually surrounds Bing Maloney Golf Course. So um, we love living near the golf course. I live in Golf Course Terrace Estates, so originally it surrounded the golf course. It was named after the golf course, and so it's, it's a really part of our community. Um, it was really exciting to hear all of the, ch like, children activities that are going on and and a lot of the women's events like i'm like i'm gonna sign up tomorrow and go play some great. golf um and it's just great to hear um i did have a question about um some of the summer camps are the children that attend those are they provided with equipment or are they expected to provide their own? So yeah, we provide we provide golf clubs for kind of all sizes, left-handed, right-handed. So we'll have, typically with all the stations that we have, we'll have about eight to 10 clubs at each one. So you kind of just need to bring yourselves, close toe shoes, some water, some That's sunscreen great. preferably That's in the summer. That's really great to hear. Then, yeah, yeah, everything else is provided by us. Kind of eliminates that barrier yes. to come. Yeah, so we have a bunch of either clubs that people in the past, if they've outgrown them, donate to us, or we've just got stuff that we've collected along the way that people either forget, or we've just got this huge catalog. So yeah, we provide all that stuff. That's awesome to hear. Well, thank you so much. Commissioner, Commissioner Robbins. Hi, yes, I just had a question about the after-school program. You have it for uh, seven to 12-year-olds, and is that free program, or how's that work? Is that at all golf courses? So we offer the after-school program. So um, we have the three, three of our four facilities offer junior golf programs, so Hagen Oaks and then Bing Maloney and William, William Land Split. So we do it on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Thursday from 4 to 5.30 at uh, Hagen Oaks, and then a Tuesday and a Thursday at William Land and Wednesdays at Bing Maloney. Um, we've split it into the spring and the fall where we do two six-week sessions. Those six sessions, six week sessions, it's nine hours total, and it's one ninety nine ninety nine per six-week session. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Do we have any other commissioners who would like to speak on this item? All right, and it's my turn. Uh, well, tell me about junior golf. How young does it start? What is the age range of junior So we golf? have programs starting at three and four years old. Oh. that's called tots on the tee um, that happens on a saturday morning kind of at 11 o'clock we do a little six week session in the spring the summer and fall just to see it three and four think of that yeah it's uh, it it's, a, it's a very fun class when they've yeah. stopped crying and they get away from mom and dad but yeah. it, it is it is fun and so that program's all about just kind of introducing them safely to the game because all of our kind of the three pillars we do our junior golf on like first it's we're a person first 
organization. Second is we're an athlete. Um, and then third, it's the golfer. So the golf is the reason we're all there, but it's kind of the least important out of three. We can develop great humans and great athletes. A great golfer is going to come along with it. So when we start them at three and four, um, it's, it's the social side sharing and wait your turn and how to be safe and not kill somebody with a golf club. And then we have junior programming kind of all the way up. We have the next one's kind of for five to 10, kind of the newer golfers, then the after school program. Then we've got a couple of programs that go onto the golf course. So when they get to about seven years old, we can get them out and play nine holes every week. And then five of the newer programs that we've introduced this year are for kind of the early teenager to high school age kid that in the past we didn't have and we were kind of losing those kids a little bit. Um, so we've introduced uh, two high school classes, a college prep class, a class for our kind of high achieving younger kids. And then we've created a new class that kind of gets kids ready to go on the golf course. This little three week session. So we've kind of this year we're able to fully encompass kind of every skill level and every age group for the first time, which is really exciting. That is incredible. And are your programs running at capacity? Uh, yes, so we, like, this, from the tail end of last year through to the start of this year, we actually had to create more because we were oversold. And funnily enough, the three and four-year-olds was the class that got us most into it. Typically, we have about 16 kids in that one each time, and we had 16 kids in the class, and we had 36 on the wait list. So we were like, oh, boy, we need to get, we need to get going. I think I, I mentioned I think we were total for the both properties last year. I think we were about 1,600 participants, and I think... Already this year, we're about 850 sign-ups for junior programs, and that's about 450 individual children. Close so. to not being able to serve everybody. It's really popular. Yeah, so that's why we were also so excited to kind of expand the team this year. So now we're able to kind of throw different people around and not be able to say, sorry, no, we can't anymore. So it's this point, we've not got any wait lists at the moment because we've been able to get everybody in. So for the first time, it's kind of nice to have too many people. In just one of your programs, that's yes. quite yeah. incredible. It's, it's, yeah, it's very cool. Um, thank you for explaining them all. I think you are an excellent example as to what, uh, um, how diverse programming can be successful and how scaling up can work in your favor and how reaching out uh, to those who don't typically pay a sport is paying off for you. And I think uh, the Hiram Johnson field is because of uh, changes going on on the campus, right, is why you're not there yet. I'm really looking forward to that um, working out. I had a friend who went to your women's course uh, last Friday and had a wonderful time, did nine holes for the first right. time. Um, so thankful. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you uh, targeting these groups that have not you know, yet been embraced and embracing them. And I'm great. And we should all take a, a page out of your playbook for fundraising. My goodness. I don't think I've ever sat through one of these presentations that had so many different fundraisers attached to every single slide. Bravo. Bravo. Um, round of applause for what you're doing, Morton. So grateful for you. Incredible. You fostered uh, Jeremy McCarthy. Congratulations to our Olympian, Jeremy McCarthy. One more of those. My goodness. Um, that's really incredible. I would encourage you with all of this um, engagement that you have in your golf community and outside of your golf community and all everyone that you are turning into a golf community. I'm on board. I'm fired up. I'm ready to play some golf, you guys. This is exciting. Um, I would encourage you to maybe tap into this uh, relationship you have with City of Sacramento and do your own 916 day event. You know, it's for volunteerism. All of those people that you've helped along the way, give them that opportunity to volunteer and give something back to you. You know, find something on one of your uh, courses in one of our parks that you're playing that you can bring all of your participants in and, and create your own 916 day um, because you are a big part of the 916. You're holding down golf for the 916. Um, for anybody listening or anyone who watches this later, um, 
you can get our Come Out and Play magazine and find this programming, correct? So yes. if you're wondering how do I sign up or how do I get in touch, pick up a Come Out and Play. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. One more. Woohoo! Oh, amazing. All right, this is receiving file. No vote is required. Um, I am going to make a slight change in the agenda because we have a special guest with us tonight who would be our former Commissioner Klutzman. And um, you did miss it earlier when I was singing your praises, so I'm going to sing them one more time. Um, and I'm going to say we have something for you if you'd like to come to the podium and say a few words with us. Thank you for joining us, Terry Klutzman. giving all of you my appreciation it's been uh, a great couple of years a lot of fun I've learned so much and I hope the parks department really appreciates how much they do for all of us it really parks brings so much joy to everyone I think they just go about their day-to-day -day thinking this is my job and and uh, we appreciate you guys so much really it's so great and um, thanks to all of you it's nice to see some of you for the first time in person <laughs> thanks I'll be watching, and, and uh, we were just discussing that maybe we need an alum club of commissioners to be volunteers for you, for your events, uh, to continue to support the department. We would love that. I would love that. I don't want to miss out on the tree plantings and 916 day and all that week, I guess. <laughs> and now we know where to play golf. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Terry, 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 hi, it's me, Rick. Can you come up so we can take a group picture with you? Absolutely. Where do you want me? <laughs> Get up Thank you so much. Really appreciate seeing you. It's happy to, to be all together. <laughs> all righty. The next item is item three. And do we have a staff presentation for summer programming? Thank you. Good evening. Am I allowed to uh, pass some pamphlets out prior? Yes.
Hey, good evening. My name is Anthony Munoz. I'm recreation manager with uh, Youth Park Community Enrichment, and tonight I'll be presenting with Renee Cawson, program specialist with Youth Parks Community Enrichment on our Come Out and Play Summer 2023 preview of all of our summer programs. So what I passed out tonight is, actual, is actually our summer supplement. This is a brief highlight and overview of, of what we're going to be offering this summer. So to start with, Yipsy summer camps and programs. We have a variety of youth and teen programs um, throughout the city of Sacramento this summer. I'll go in depth on a few of them, um, and then Renee will go in depth on a few more later on in the presentation. So a lot of our programs are free and low cost. Um, they range from ages six to 17. We have locations citywide at community centers and parks. Um, and some of our programs include field trips and meals. So I'll go in more, more in depth on our free kids camp and teen scene. This operates out of eight community centers and focuses on providing safe space for youth and teens. It provides daily lunch, and we expect about 40 to 80 participants on a weekly basis at each community center. Um, kids will participate in a variety of activities, including games, crafts, cooking projects, drama, science, and sports. A big change this year is for our teen scene program. It used to operate in the afternoons, but we started to ask ourselves the questions, what are teens doing during the day? And we moved that program up, so teen scene will be operating at the same time as kids camp from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Another program that we launched last year was our Rec Explorer Camp. We launched that at the Coloma Community Center. It's a preschool age program, ages three to five. This is a fee-based program. Um, it's, it's focused on a play-based um, learning for youth and this program will be expanding to our Clooney Community Center as well. Another program that I'd like to talk about is our Hotspots, our Hotspot Remix program. This will be rotating at different community centers throughout the summertime and provides free activities to teens, which include indoor and outdoor sports, swim nights, and movie nights. Uh, it'll include giveaways and food to participants as well. Junior Giants is also a summer program. It runs from June through August, and it'll be operating at George Sim, William Land Park, and Robla Park for ages 5 to 18, and registration is currently open for Junior Giants. We'll also be operating skate camps at the 28th and B Skate Park throughout the summer. We'll have three camps available. There'll be four-day camps, one in June, one in July, and one in August. Uh, this is a low-fee um, low program. Um, it'll include skate instructions, uh, snacks, and a T-shirt. Moving on to our aquatics division. So our aquatics division will be operating water safety and recreational swim programs for youth, adults, and families at 16 facilities citywide. We have one regional aquatics complex in North Natomas. We have 11 neighborhood pools and four wading pools. The North Natomas aquatics will open up April 29th for weekend recreation swim. And then starting Memorial Day weekend, we'll open Clooney Pool and expand operations at the North Natomas Aquatic Center as well. In June, we'll open the rest of the pools um, based on school district schedules. And again, we'll continue to offer affordable entry into these pools with neighborhood pools being at $2 admission for youth and $4 for adults. And at the North Natomas Aquatic Center, the regional center, it'll be $5 for youth and $7 for adult. Um, a key date to remember is April 19th. It'll be our summer registration day, uh, April 19th at noon. The public will be able to go online and start to register for programs. So this includes all of our aquatics programs after our 
our recreation swim that uh, opens April 29th will expand all of those programs after that. In addition to rec, uh, to rec swim, we have swim lessons, swim team, our junior lifeguard program. We have our summer reading program that we partner with the Sacramento Library with, and we have our swim safe scholarship program as well. Uh, we currently are actively recruiting for lifeguards, um, which we're making a lot of progress. We're recruiting in a lot of, a lot of schools throughout every community throughout the city of Sacramento. Uh, we're starting to make progress right now. We're at about 140 out of 240 positions hired, uh, continuing to look to make progress in that area. Camp Sacramento will be fully operating this summer. All sessions are currently booked and we do have a wait list that's available for people to join. We will be hosting a senior camp week this, uh, this year and expect up to 80 senior campers. Our older adult services continue to operate at the Hart Senior Center, but are expanding services to uh, other community centers. So we have our neighborhood walk program that's starting to, to expand to other community centers. We have writing groups. We host special events for seniors. We have social services and supports and a variety of recreation and enrichment programs for seniors. Our Access Leisure Division continues to provide park play dates. Um, we're expanding our youth and teen programs. Uh, we have our adaptive sports programs that will op be operating this summer. And uh, we have a variety of summer camps that, that we'll be offering through, through Access Leisure. One is the Tuolumne Trail Summer Camp, and we have, which will be in June. And then we have our Camp Nege, which will be in July. I'll now pass it over to Renee to go more in depth on 4th R and Summer Oasis, Summer Oasis programs and our workforce development. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, welcome, I'm Renee. Uh, it's the first time I'm meeting you all, so I'm glad to be here. Uh, so I'm gonna go into our expanding learning after school and day camps. Uh, our Summer Oasis is a summer only program that's serving ages six to 12. Um, it is a fee-based program, so it's $100 for the four-week session and we are serving Garcia Bend Park, William Land Park, East Portal, and North Natomas Regional Park. Our North Natomas loca location is going to be having a session from June 5th to July 28th. The rest of our locations are gonna have different sessions from June 26th to August 18th. Um, we're really focusing on outdoor, um, supervised exploration type activities that have a high focus in STEAM, um, and also social emotional learning for our youth. And we have 75 slots available for that program each site weekly. Our fourth R program, this is just an extension of our current fourth R program that's happening year round. And so we will be doing uh, summer sessions from May 30th to August 9th at Natomas. Uh, and June 20th and August 31st for Sacramento City. As you know, we are serving the ages of kindergarten to sixth grade. And this is a um, childcare program. 100 slots are available monthly. And once again, we have activities that include arts and crafts, sports, music. We have some culinary things that they get to do, science projects. Um, they have a lot of fun and get that peer-to-peer -peer interaction throughout the summer. Go ahead. For our first youth workforce development program, we have landscape and learning. Uh, we have youth aides and crew leaders that are part of this program. Our youth aides are mentored by our crew leaders and they get into the parks and they do maintenance and they're learning some real life skills and job readiness skills um, as we're doing with our workforce development. We're currently hiring for crew leaders. Um, they have to be 21 and older with a valid driver's license and they'll be compensated at $19.80 an hour. 
Um, we are not taking any more applications for youth aids, but we do have an opportunity for our commission members. Um, on April uh, 19th at Bell College, we'll be having interviews, and they are looking for interview panel members. Um, it'll be from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., so if any of you are interested in participating in an interview panel, um, you can reach out to us for that. And April 20th, they'll be at South Natomas holding interviews for our youth aid positions. Um, so we are also requesting that if you'd like some direct interaction with our youth, that you can you know, be a member on our interview panel. For our last two youth workforce development programs, we have Primetime Teen. Um, our session for the summer is going to be held through June 12th to August 10th, um, and we have a few sessions that vary between that timeline. We're serving ages 13 through 17 at um, Oak Park, Pinnell Meadowview, Southside Clubhouse, Sam and Bonnie Pinnell, and Mims Hagenwood Community Centers. Um, as you can see in the pictures, they got to do some an animal shelter volunteering. Uh, they got to do the Golden One Center budget challenge. I'm not sure if any of you participated in that as well. They do mock interviews. Um, it's a re some really fun events that they get to get involved in. We also have WIOA, which is our workforce development program. That uh, happens year-round. We're currently pending funding, which we should know by June, for the 2023-24 uh, year. This does have a program eligibility requirement, so they have to be high school seniors from 23-24. Uh, they have to have an eligible work permit, and they also have to be on track to graduate in May or June of 2024. And they also have to meet a criteria for various barriers. That can include homeless youth, foster youth, pregnant and parenting youth, um, or, and, or you know, there's a few that they, they can meet, and they only have to meet one to be a part of that program. Lastly, we have our summer at City Hall. Go ahead. So this is part of our civic engagement, you know, where we're really having a focus on self-advocacy, immersive, uh, immersive civic leadership, and really trying to create a space and environment that will support them emotionally, culturally, physically, and socially. They do have to be current sophomores and juniors, and this is in collaboration with um, Natomas Unified School District, Sac City, and Twin Rivers. They also do have to reside within the Sacramento city limits. We have 90 spots available for summer at City Hall. As you can see, the deadline to apply is gonna come up soon, April 21st, and they do get a stipend um, for that program. And just to go back, they also get stipends for our workforce development, and they are paid um, opportunities as well for all of our workforce development programs. Um, they can get uh, high school credits, they can get community service hours, and you know we're really giving them an opportunity to have a voice for themselves and uplift each other and make those peer-to-peer -peer connections as well. I'm gonna pass it back to Anthony so he could share with you of how to sign up for all our fun summer activities. Thanks, Renee. <clears throat> this Saturday, April 8th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., everybody's invited out to our summer kickoff event. We'll be hosting two events at the same time, one in the south area at the Pinnell Meadowview Community Center and one in the north area at the North Natomas Community Center. We'll have representation from all of the divisions in our department reviewing summer programming, providing additional information. We'll have games, activities, sensory activities, arts and crafts. Uh, Slamson may or may not be <laughs> showing up at both events uh, to provide a little uh, entertainment. But um, 
yeah, our teams will be out there in full force explaining what we're going to be doing and, and how to register. So again, our summer regist registration day is on April 19th at 12 noon. Online registration is highly recommended, and all of our programs, as previously mentioned, are in our Come Out and Play magazine, which is updated on a regular basis. It's online, and all of our information can be found on our webpage. Thank you. Thank you. Do I have any members of the public clerk who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item for those in chambers, and I have one hand raised online. Um, one moment. Mm -hmm. Call in user ending in 4366. Yes, my name is Lambert, and I'm a big advocate for Del Paso Heights, especially the youth. And as I listen to this report, uh, I'm not sure if very many of you know this, but last summer was one of the hottest summers in Sacramento history. It really was. It went into September hot. And the teenagers and the young people in Del Paso Heights they didn't have anywhere to go swim. I grew up in that neighborhood, and we used to always be able to go to Grant High School pool. They, re they renovated the pool, but they don't allow the youth to swim in that pool. Can you imagine living in a neighborhood and you can't swim in your own pool? And so I went down there personally to find out what's the situation, and I saw an all-white male group swimming in the pool one day and they were called the real linda aquatics group and i went in there with my family some family members and and wanted to find out what is this i mean here's a group that has a pool in real linda this needs to be investigated and i don't know if and i heard twin rivers mention they've done a terrible job keeping the pool open to the community and then I heard the north area, and it said Natomas. Del Paso Heights is in the north area. And Natomas has one of the best pools in the country. And I've heard that Real Linda has a nice pool. I think the focus should be on why Twin Rivers does not allow the youth to swim in that pool. That needs to be top and center because these young people have nowhere to swim in the heat. So look into that. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no additional speakers with their hands raised. Thank you, Clerk. Do I have any members of the commission who would like to speak on this item? I've got three in line. If you'd like to uh, refresh yourselves of how to raise your hand on here, it can help anyone out as well. Um, but I'm going to start with Vice Chair Gaines, please. Thank you. Um, thank you guys so much for that presentation. There's a lot happening. Love to see it. Um, I have two questions. Um, so one, how would we sign up if we want to volunteer um, with the LNL program to be a part of the interview panels? I know you gave the dates. Will we be getting like an email that we can respond to or um, how we can sign up? And to my commissioners, 
I really think that if you are free, you should do it. It's a great way to meet um, your community, and it's a fantastic program. So you guys should all sign up, but how should we do that? Yeah, so I'll ensure that um, Chris Wimberly, who oversees those programs, uh, sends an email out, a follow-up email out to all of you. Uh, where you can let them know that you're interested in participating in those interview panels as soon as possible since it is coming up. Perfect. Um, and then my next question, so I love um, Come Out and Play. Like I said, we have so many great programs, and so I'm a mom of two, and so for my youngest son, like we're already signed up for Junior Giants. It's his first year playing. We're in his second month of doing um, dance over at Bell Coolidge, so super easy and convenient to be able to get him signed up. Um, but my older son, he's on the spectrum, and it's been a little bit more challenging to be able to find programming. Um, when I just scanned on the Come Out and Play how to sign up, there's 533 programs right now, which is awesome. But also, if I did a keyword for, like, autism, nothing pops up. And so even looking at access leisure, a lot of it's for, like, physical disabilities. So um, any way that, especially, like, online, we can make it easier for, pe for parents who have kids who have uh, different abilities to be able to find those um, would be really helpful. But like I said, lots of great programming. Um, it's really easy to find, you know, for my neuro neurotypical child, but just to be able to, to find other programming that might be available. Yeah, uh, thank you for that feedback. We'll work on that. Thank you. Okay. Um, our Access Leisure team, in addition to offering um, programs specific for youth and adults with disabilities, we also um, are really working towards inclusive programs and opportunities. So our Access Leisure team that has certified recreation therapists will work with families um, when you register to make a request. If you have a certain accommodation that you need um, or like us to explore for the programs that we offer for people of all abilities, we can absolutely do that. So that's available to you as well. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Boone. Thank you for this presentation and for the flyer. Um, I'm curious, if I'm a new parent or a new resident to Sacramento, how would I receive this if not online? Well, we're really trying to expand our social media right now uh, through Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're not currently doing mass distribution, but we're trying to engage more in community events and community centers, posting it. Um, I was just at South Natoma's Community Center today. They're, they're, they're everywhere. So um, as we have developed our mailing list through our registration system um, and posting it on um, our main webpage has been our, our main focus on marketing. But if, um, if there's a greater need to develop a mailing list um, with different zip codes, that's something we could look into as well. Thank you for that. And I would just, as a suggestion, we get mail from the city pretty regularly, so if there's a pos possibility or potential to market that there's resources and information available that doesn't relate to this bill but is out there for you, um, I think that would be ideal because it's almost a situation where if you don't know what to look for, you don't know that it exists. Um, and so I'm thankful for this, and I'll make sure to share it with my community, but for those that wouldn't even think of all the wonderful programs, they don't know to necessarily look for it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner McCarchet? Um, yes. Um, I was curious if you could expand on, because you were, you were mentioning how um, to kind of get more lifeguards, you were reaching out to school districts and stuff. Can you expand on that a little bit and how that, like, 
um, the process of getting them certified kind of plays out? Yeah, so we've, we've done direct, um, you know, job fairs. We've gone, we've gone on school campuses. We've gone to community events. Our lifeguard teams are out there. We're actually having lifeguards um, present the information, provide the availability for that. And then we also have our, our lifeguard program that, that does lifeguard training. Um, if they complete the training, they're able to, you know, qualify for a scholarship through that. Um, so we, we're trying to eliminate the barriers of the cost to become a lifeguard um, for, for teens especially and provide the training that they need to start the job once, once it's been completed. So you, you mentioned how you have at least like about 100 positions to go. What happens when like when I don't know when like your summer season officially starts like and we don't have we don't hit that 240? Yeah. I mean, ultimately affects days of the week, hours of operation. Uh, we're moving staff around. Instead of being able to dedicate staff to a specific pool, uh, they have to work at multiple pool locations. So it's, it's more of a flex scheduling on our end and uh, a capacity issue on being able to open pools for extended hours. Do you think you'll reach the, the 240? We got close last year. We're in a better spot right now than we were last year. Um, I'm hopeful. Um, we've tried to improve a lot of our onboarding process. Uh, when it comes to hiring, we're getting better. Um, so again, with, with, with what we're doing, actively getting out into the community and um, letting our voices be heard on the need and, and providing those, those resources to people uh, to be able to, to not only apply, but like, like I previously mentioned, to get the training they need for the job. Well, good luck. Thanks. Commissioner uh, Director Beecham, would you like to respond to that, please? Thank you. Um, thank you, Anthony. In addition to that, I think Anthony mentioned earlier in the presentation about the lifeguard workshops that we do. It's something new that the aquatic section started doing a couple of summers ago. A lot of times our youth participants are a little bit um, um, hesitant to participate in the lifeguard training class because there's a swimming prerequisite. So our team started offering free lifeguarding workshops where participants can come and really understand what are the prerequisites. They can understand what the swimming skills are, the brick diving component, and our staff will actually work with youth participants through that process and prepare them for the lifeguard training class to help remove some of those barriers and essentially participate in those classes for free. If they commit to coming to work for us, then their lifeguarding class training, which is valued at close to $300, would be free. We also offer bonuses to our, our youth participants that come and work with us. They get a mid-season bonus if they stick with us. And if they complete the season out successfully, they'll get an end-of-season bonus. In addition, uh, we are planning to share, share this later, and I believe shared it at our last meeting. We were able to reduce the lifeguard hiring age to 15 years old this year. That's the required age to be certified with the American Red Cross. Prior, it was 16. So hopefully, that will help out Anthony and his team in, in a larger candidate pool. But Anthony and his team have done a fantastic job of doing on-campus recruitments at several high schools all across the city, really recruiting young people from the communities where those pools are located. Commissioner Gallardo, good. Um, so my questions have to do with the pool situation. <laughs> I wanted to ask the status of Mama Mark's pool. I know at one time uh, we did a cleanup there uh, after a, um, a dreadful incident that happened, and we did a cleanup, and we found that uh, that pool had not been utilized as it should, and I understood that there was an investment there. So could you share that? And then also wanted to follow up um, 
I'm a, I'm a proponent of joint use agreements. I've been a public servant my la whole, my whole life, <laughs> all my career, and I see opportunities for um, the community to be able to um, uh, benefit from enhanced um, partnerships uh, that provide services and space um, to our community members. I know that that's something that I've worked on in my own community. Um, so if you could share the opportunities to have a joint use agreement with uh, Grant High School, or, or perhaps you might know the history of that, so that you could share with us. Thank you. Sure. Uh, regarding Mama Marks, we actually just got an update today from our parks planning team. Um, that pool will be the first pool we're gonna pilot converting a waiting pool which is essentially 18 feet of standing water that is not um, very accessible, um, requires us to have a lifeguard staffed because there's standing water, um, and then has open and closed hours, so it makes it more difficult to staff that type of facility with limited resources. We're going to be um, converting that wading pool to a splash pad that will allow us to be open essentially during park hours from sunrise to sunset. Um, that project is in the works, and it's looking to be completed by next summer of 2024. So we're hoping to have a grand opening um, for that facility come 2024. If it's a success, which I'm sure that it will be, we'll look at doing some other conversions of some existing wading pools um, to splash pads. They're much more inclusive and accessible. People of all ages and abilities can utilize those spaces, expand hours of operation, maintenance costs um, would be significantly less. So overall win-win for, for our department. In regards to joint use, it's something that we are continuing to work towards in a positive effort um, every day, you know, with our with our school districts um, and other partners. In regards to Grant Pool, we were approached several years ago around the, around the operation of Grant Pool. As Anthony mentioned, with staffing becoming a challenge and bringing on the regional complex, we have 17 pools that we operate citywide. Um, last year, unfortunately, had to modify hours of our existing pools because we didn't have the ability to staff them. So it would be very difficult for us to also staff a pool like Grant High School pool. Um, but we can certainly do some outreach with the school district and see if there are opportunities to do some joint training, um, help them with some of their recruitment efforts and see where there could be an opportunity to partnership. That's absolutely something that we can explore. So I'm gonna bring up the equity issue uh, because I, I'd like for someone to tell me how many pools there are in the Del Paso Heights area and how many pools there are in, in South Sac. So in, South, in District 8, we have I'd have to reference the map, but um, we have Pinnell Meadowview Pool, we have Cabrillo Pool, um, and uh, let's see, Roberts. we have Robertson Waiting Pool in District 2, I believe, District 2. Uh, Robert, so Robertson Waiting Pool is in District 2. Um, nearby in District 3, we have Doyle Pool in the north area. Um, Doyle Pools are um, outside of North Natomas Aquatics Complex. Doyle Pools are north area pool. Um, and then, of course, several central city pools. Um, you know, we try to keep our costs low. When we opened the regional aquatics complex or North Natomas aquatics complex, our goal was to really ensure that that was an amenity that could be utilized citywide. So we've done a lot of work with our council members, um, with with public library to sponsor free, free swim admission for um, the summer reading club to um, remove any of those barriers to allow that facility to be accessed by people all across the region. Is there opportunity for transportation with SAC-RT or some type of other opportunity to bring uh, families from these areas that are pretty much, they're deserts because they have low um, tree canopy as well. I mean, it seems it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cycle right. where we have areas that don't have um, these type of amenities and then they don't have 
um, trees. And so uh, if you look at the SMUD map, you'll see the disparities that um, are highlighted. So if there's an opportunity to um, have some type of um, opportunity to bring these families from one side of town to the other so that they can also participate. I think that that's something that we should look at it perhaps through conversations with the district, uh, I'm sorry, with the council member. But obviously I, I'm hoping that we're being creative around opportunities because I know that we're all in a, in a place where government agencies have um, issues related to staffing issues, but I think that there are some clear opportunities for partnership that may be able to allow uh, families to take advantage of some of the services. Absolutely, we'll continue in those efforts. Um, a lot of our summer camp programs that we offer at our community centers across the city, we provide transportation for the youth participants in, their, in those programs to do day trips to our pools, um, including North Thomas Aquatics Complex to ensure that um, youth across the entire city have an opportunity to engage in those and those um, and enjoy that amenity. Um, and apologies with, re with redistricting, it's hard to keep track of our pool locations, but currently the only district that does not have a pool is District 7. Um, so something yes. we'll obviously I continue that up to work towards. A few years ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have a community center there now. We'll continue to work on the pool efforts, but definitely do some outreach with our partners in regards to transportation and see what we can do um, more, you know, to support our community, remove some of those barriers with transportation being one of them. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm looking for some creativity yep. for opportunities. Thank you. Commissioner. Commissioner Ford. Thank you so much for the presentation and for this amazing pamphlet. Um, one thing that uh, maybe thinking about consider from our outreach, I would, I mean, for me, I'm going to be sharing with our school districts, um, but I, if you guys can share with all the districts or you're thinking about par uh, partnering with school districts to share this information, I know that summertime is really tough for parents and caretakers because their children's, you know, school is the place where they're eating and, you know, they, they have activities. And in the summer, there's a big gap where children are just either at home. And so any way we can try to outreach more so that they are aware of these camps and these opportunities. Um, I haven't browsed through the website thoroughly, but it would be helpful to understand whether some of these um, activities are either free or low cost and what which ones are like full cost. Um, just so that uh, parents can plan accordingly in terms of if they're thinking about um, signing up their children. Um, and and um, I don't know what the possibility is, but um, as much as we can try to make it really low cost, I, you know, it's, it's, a tight, it's a tight economy coming out of the pandemic. A lot of parents want their kids to join and some of them just don't have the means or they have multiple children that they need to kind of uh, balance, you know, uh, opportunities for them to engage in summer activities. Um, the other point of feedback that I have and just, you know, seeing parents in my neighborhood um, go to the summer oasis camp. Last year, it seemed very limited in terms of like not only the time and scope, um, but it's also really hot outside. And so wondering if there's any considerations about expanding programming in terms of the hours. Um, I know I think it's like a four hour range or three hour range. And so it is a lot for a parent to drive, you know, their children for only like a couple hours to drop them off and come right back, right? Some of them are working long hours. And so wondering if there's any thoughts or considerations to extend programming and also um, it's outside. So wondering if there's any access to indoor, <laughs> more indoor programming as well. Um, lastly, what I'll say is that because there's only limited programming, um, 
people sign up really fast online and so all slots get really full and so one consideration, is there a consideration to expand capacity so that more children can sign up for the camps? But also there are parents that don't access the, you know, don't sign up through online. And so is there any slots that could be kind of set aside for people that want to come in person and, and sign up their, their children? And so that was a lot. So I'm going to pause there and see if you have any reactions or any thoughts to what I, what I provided. Yeah, in regards to um, signing up, uh, it's something our community centers team has worked through over the past couple of years, really um, looking at the equity piece and the technology barriers that we've had, working with uh, the constituents at, in each community to make sure that, that we have space available for them, understanding there might not be an opportunity for them to go on on the mass registration date and be able to complete those registrations. So we do assist with those um, in a lot of situations. In addition to that, um, Sorry, the last part of your question that you ended with. I think it was just expanding programming, oh, like yes, yes. from not only being outdoors but indoors. It's really hot, but also the time frame, right? I think yeah. it's like nine to twelve or one or. A lot of our kids camp and teen team will go from nine to two. Uh, the outdoor summer camps, um, a lot of those. Yes, the last couple of years, it's been there's been some extreme heat that we've that we've. Um, been involved with um, the parks and locations that the outdoor camps have been picked um, have been picked at locations with with a lot of tree canopies um, historically where that did where that did work and, and relief some some heat um, I know there's one location that has a clubhouse tied to it where sometimes programming was shifted into the clubhouse but not all locations and parks have that opportunity to do that um, and then as far as capacities go I Yes, I mean, we, we, we will hit max capacity in all of our, our uh, community center programs this year, the free programming. Uh, we looked at this issue over the past couple of years when it comes to pre-registration and, and participants registering for the entire summer and then not showing up. So we've looked at our, our cancellation policy. We have customer service staff that follow up on a regular basis with participants that aren't showing up to camp. We've changed the way that we do registration on a weekly basis. A lot of our, our, our kids camp and teen scenes have themed weeks that they'll be operating off of. And during those themed weeks, I mean, you have to sign up per week. So it, it's, it does limit somebody's ability to be able to do a mass registration. They can go on and register for each week, but it does, it, you know, Hopefully people are more selective with what they do, but with our um, expanded customer service staff that we have, we do uh, follow up with the customers more than we have in the past, trying to create, trying to work through any wait list that we have developed and communicate with people in a timely manner to be able to make sure our programs are accessible to everybody. Is there an opportunity to increase lots? Is that just like a spacing or like staffing? Like what, what would it look like if we could, I mean, how many slots would you say are available? Like and I mean, over the last couple of years, we, we've hit capacities in the 40s to 50s. Um, this year, uh, we've extended capacities to, to look potentially around the 80 range um, in, in those, those camps during the day. So we are expanding on an annual basis, but it goes back to um, capacity issues in regards to our facilities, rooms and space, and kind of the demand for operations and community centers in addition to staffing levels. So it, it's a combination of both. I forgot to add one more thing. <laughs> for, the, for the initiatives for workforce development for youth, um, I know that you mentioned that you, uh, you were all planning to do some interviewing. Is there any like pre-opportunities to like 
prep or provide technical assistance to the youth that want to come interview? Maybe this is the first time they're interviewing. Like, are there any like videos or modules or any prep work to, to help them prepare for these interviews? Yeah, I think as a part of um, Primetime Teen and WIOA, that's part of their programming. And, um, you know, they will, the staff will help support the youth through the interview process. That's why, you know, the Golden One Center budget challenge is really fun, and they do a mock interviews as well, um, all in preparation for them, you know, to get to this point potentially. Is there, like, any record? Like, if someone misses it, are there any resources online that, that kids can look up, you know, to, to see any, like, mock interviews or resume building? Um, I can refer to Monica Blanco, who's online as well. Um, but, you know, I do know that we do have an online um, version of our WIOA for our stipend program. So some of those modules are available to them through that specific program. But I'll let Monica add anything um, if she'd like for the, you know, prep part of our interviews. She might be in as an attendee under 9555. <laughs> One moment. Director Beecham. While um, our clerk is preparing Monica to speak, I do want to reiterate the Swim Safe programs. I love your recommendation around. Um, identifying our programs around what's fee-based and what's free. Um, again, we try to keep all of our programs either free or low cost. Our aquatic section does offer swim safe scholarship programs though. So essentially anybody can apply for a scholarship if they demonstrate um, the criteria is very, is very straightforward. Um, one of them being if you're, um, if an individual in your household attends a school where it's free or reduced lunch, then they would qualify for free aquatics programming. That's free swim lessons, free swim team, um, free lifeguard training or junior lifeguard program. So last year, Anthony mentioned, we awarded over $30,000 in scholarships for that program. It, it served thousands of youth um, an opportunity to swim um, at zero cost to them. So I will make sure that we have that information available as well. So good evening, uh, Chair, Vice Chair, and members of the Commission. This is Monica Blanco, Youth Division Manager. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Perfect. Thank you. My apologies for not being in chambers. I'm uh, driving home from a conference. So I think the question was regarding workforce development and some additional resources for young people. So we just had our annual re youth resource and employment fair, and those young people who attended did receive some additional resources. And I'm happy to connect you to staff um, and maybe we can email those out to you or we can get them to you somehow. Um, Ray Rodriguez can actually get to me and share my email address with you so we can connect back and forth and I can get to, get to you what it is that you're looking for. But Renee did a really good job. Our programs are built to bridge from one another. And so we really hope that young people come in through our workforce uh, readiness programs and stay connected. And then that actually leads to work-based learning opportunities and jobs within the department. Thank you. Um, I guess what I would say lastly, just generally, um, would love to partner and see how we can support um, expanding programming and looking for private partnerships uh, to support ongoing expansion of summer programming. That is something that is dear to me and uh, I'm sure that um, 
parents would be delighted to see some type of expansion uh, for summer programming. Perfect. And I would like to reinvite you Saturday to the summer kickoff event um, at either location. Um, I think that would be a great opportunity for you to connect with our teams across the entire department, and then we could continue to, to bridge that gap. Thank you. Commissioner Liu. Our uh, District 2, we only have that one swimming pool, the Johnson pool. Is it with the lifeguard issue, are we going to be able to extend any of the hours uh, that area, since we only have that one pool and the other splash pad's not going to be available? And the other, there's another splash pad, I don't think, I don't know if that was brung up, the one at um, Robinson Center. Is that one open? Okay. Yeah, so, so Robertson Waiting Pool will be open. It was open last summer. And forgive me, Commissioner Good, I forgot about Johnston Pool. We just renovated Johnston Pool last summer um, and had a delayed opening. We were able to extend the season due to the delayed opening of the completion of that resurfacing project. But we are very excited it will be open this summer with a full season that aligns with the school district's schedule. Um, depending on what our staffing levels look like towards the end of the summer and where we're seeing the most participation um, at pools. We can sometimes reassign staff or reallocate staff. Oftentimes our council members graciously sponsor free swim events that extend um, past the typical summer season. So if the weather cooperates and we have the resources to do it, we absolutely will. Yeah, because the, uh, the Saturday hours, they only had them like one to four. And on Sunday, they was, there was nothing. So on the weekends, I mean, you had that four hours to go you know play in the pool for three hours and then you were done so and then friday there was only one evening i think it was maybe thursday or friday there was something like after work so people if they had worked if your parents had to work or something like that you those hours are really limited on what kind of like pool hour you know access they could have there so i was wondering if we could like maybe extend some of those hours just uh just because we only have that one pool in that one space Right, so we, we host family nights at every, we have one family night at every pool and those hours are 3 to 7 p.m. to allow parents, working parents, to join their, the young people and their families um, at the pools in the evenings. And then, again, last year, unfortunately, and the previous year was, was an unfortunate consequence of our, of our staffing issues. Um, we had to reduce hours and days of operations at some of our pools. They would typically be five to six days a week to two or three days a week um, as the, at the tail end of the summer, we were able to increase those days, um, but we're hoping again, our numbers, our recruitment numbers are looking much better this year. Equity is always um, considered, that's the top priority for us, and we ensure that we are um, meeting the need as, of as many constituents across the city as we can. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines. Yes, I just wanted to quickly say, one, um, you had mentioned the primetime teen and how they do the mock interviews. They always need volunteers for that, commissioners, so please think about that. I will admit it's a little awkward because you have to give them feedback immediately to the youth. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Uh, no, but it's, it's a really great opportunity, so I encourage you when those emails come out to sign up for that. Um, and then I just wanted to say with the aquatics, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was a volunteer, or not a volunteer, she was a lifeguard um, all through high school, and we had a great conversation because um, that was not something that I was able to do growing up. Like, most families don't have three to $500 to front load for their child to be able to get a summer job, so the fact that we are able to 
offer those scholarships and to say, hey, we're going to take care of these hundreds of dollars of classes that you need to be able to have this opportunity is huge. When we talk about equity, when we talk about strengthening our neighborhoods, the fact that now these kids from these neighborhoods can get jobs at their local pool is huge. So um, keep up the great work. That's really great. So make sure we continue to do that. Vice Chair, any other commissioners wish to speak on this item? Okay, well, you heard it here. We need 100 more, 100 more for our aquatics to run the way that we want it to run, which is equitably and at a time when parents can join their young families. Love hearing that, even though that's not always in the afternoon, right? That might be in the morning for a, a different family than a nine to five kind of family. So if we need 100 more, it's all of our charge, all of us in this room today. You too. Share the word, right? We need people to apply for these jobs. All ages, 15 and up, retirees, right? Everyone can Baby do this. Anyone. Free certification <laughs> that you get to take with you when this job is done, right? That is a forever job. Look, look at all this youth over here that could, I mean, maybe use a, there use we a go. summer job or something with the lifeguarding. Yes, like Commissioner. Um, I expect you to be taking this back to your school. I expect you to be taking this back to your district. I expect all of us to be sharing these with our districts, with, right? Yes, I saw a yes, okay. Um, I'm expecting you to work out that private partnership that you wanna work out, and I'm expecting all of us to share the messaging with our council members and through our neighborhood associations and the people we know in our communities that April 19th, 12 o'clock, right? Get ready, get ready to get online and sign up. Get ready with your come out and play. Make sure that you know what you wanna sign up for. So if you wanna get one of those four weeks worth of camp, you can get it, right? All of us, that's our job to share that with our communities and make sure that our council people are also sharing that messaging, okay? And then when it comes time for the budget, the reason we are 100 people short is that we don't have enough money in our parks budget to pay a higher wage to attract people to hold on to these jobs, right? Make sure that you're talking to your city council person about this budget and how much more investment we need in our parks for our community members to swim, right? In their own neighborhood, in all districts. Am I shooting too high? No, all districts, <laughs> we all want a pool. All right, we can do this. Thank you everyone so much for your thoughtful input. Thank you for this very thoughtful presentation. It's my favorite. I'm gonna take this and shop it around all the neighborhoods. It's colorful, it's easy to read, and I really enjoy it. I wish you the best of luck with enrollment. Um, I'm grateful for the thoughtfulness of everything, and we're gonna help you. So make sure to put it out on social so we can share it out too. Okay? Thank, Thank you, you very Renee. much. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, I, I'm for it, let's do it. Summertime. Receive and file, no vote required for item three. The next item is our standing 916 day agenda item. We have 916 day, I already recruited Morton Golf. Did you hear that? Um, does, do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on 916 day? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in public on this item, and I have uh, no hands raised online. Fantastic. Thank you, Clerk. Um, do I have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Commissioner Flores. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, I know this last week, uh, we, me, 
I sent out an email on behalf of us commissioners to a local organization to partner with us uh, for 916 Day. We haven't heard back yet. Uh, they're a little busy right now. They've done something that uh, they haven't done in many, many years. So uh, I'm assuming their calendar is very busy right now. So when there is something more concrete, we can bring that back to uh, uh, this commission. But you know, our efforts are being made to have a co-sponsor for 916 Day this year. That doesn't mean that there couldn't be other co-sponsors. So if there's commissioners here, uh, you know, you know, contact the chair and vice chair uh, before reaching out, just as a courtesy heads up, since it is a standing item and it's a subcommittee under the new rules, the, the chair and vice chair have to be uh, uh, in the loop on that. But yeah, uh, in addition to already start thinking about what we may do, um, community projects for in September, um, yeah, I think we're also trying to see if we, we can try to coalesce and do some focus ma uh, major events so we can all be there a little bit together, versus, but then also we can have it like a 916 week as well so we can expand the calendar just a little bit too. So we're still in the planning stages, but I know it's less than six months away, so we have to start lining up some things uh, already as soon as we can. We had a great conversation with uh, Director Beecham and uh, another YPSI staff member on the logistical event planning side uh, with city, uh, you know, behind the scenes city stuff that is also required in pulling off an event like that. So that was a great conversation. Looking forward to uh, more conversations with that. So I'll stop there. Uh, no breaking news just yet, but when there are new items to report out, we will report out. Thank you. And thank you for your dedication and keeping this going and keeping it front of mind and keeping these emails coming back and forth. Um, any commissioner can volunteer to help Commissioner Flores and Vice Chair Gaines and I to recruit larger sponsors as well as um, your local neighborhoods, right? What does 916 Day mean to you? I've been asking this question in my neighborhood and I've gotten a lot of different answers. Some people say it means trees, some people say it means music, some people told me that it means um, really good restaurants, right? A 916 means a little bit uh, of a different vibe for different people, so make sure that they're all knowing that they can get involved and make 916 Day what they want it to be. Do we have any other commissioners who'd like to speak on this item? Right, really looking forward to hearing what all these events are going to be. Our next item would be the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Director's Report. Please, Ms. Beecham. Thank you, Chair. Well, you heard from our fabulous team earlier on some of the summer program offerings that we have. So I have some other updates from across the department um, that aren't necessarily summer related, but I think you all will be interested to learn about. So our park planning team um, just completed their statistically valid survey for our Parks Plan 2040 consultants. Um, the survey is going to be used to qualify through tabulated rankings if the responses correlate with the community input that our team received during the initial outreach process for our Parks Plan. Um, the survey reached 600 residents with 75 interviews per council district. It was offered in both Spanish and English, and a majority of the residents rated the quality of life in Sacramento positively with parks and recreation, um, excuse me, with parks and recreation as important to the overall quality of life. They generally favor improvements to safety and maintenance over investments in new programs or features, which is very interesting. Uh, most residents value and prefer equitable funding over equal funding with 
there being a universal agreement that older neighborhoods with fewer resources should receive the same quality and quantity of parks and recreation facilities and services as newer neighborhoods with more resources. The timing of that, quite interesting. The results of the survey are currently being tabulated and those will support the implementation actions of the key directions of our parks plan. So we're looking forward to continuing to bring that back to the commission and to the public. Our park safety team has been doing some incredible work leading and supporting several cleanups across the city. They recently removed over 10,000 pounds of trash from O'Neill Field in preparation of soccer season. It is amazing what the, what the field looks like now that they've completed that cleanup. They've started some wonderful um, work in a multi-department cleanup effort led by the Sacramento Police Department out at Hagen Oaks Golf Course. It's a large undertaking that requires all hands on deck, so continuing to do some great work out there. At Del Paso Regional Park, our ranger team is supporting efforts alongside our park maintenance team for outreach and engagement, habitat enforcement and trash mitigation. And also at Granite Regional Park, they're working with our impact team and other landowners on a timeline for removing a lot of debris from the park. So a lot of great work um, happening on the park safety side. As Anthony shared earlier, our aquatics team, along with our Camp Sacramento team, are engaged in our hiring season. Can't reiterate it enough, actively recruiting and taking applications. We have scholarships, we have lifeguard workshops that are free, hiring 15-year-olds, and I shared with the chair, and older adults. We invite anyone to come out and enjoy us. Even if you're a, still working on, during the week and you wanna come lifeguard for us on the weekends, we would love to have you. Our older adult services team, I shared last month about our annual um, soccer sports for life two-day soccer tournament for athletes ages 50 and older. Again, many of those um, up to 90 years old. We are looking for volunteers for that event. It will be held Saturday, April 22nd and April 23rd. You can reach out to me if you're interested in providing support. When Monica joined us earlier, she mentioned the 2023 Youth Resource and Job Fair that we just held on Saturday, March 25th. We had over 300 young people come to Sacramento City Hall. They explored a wide range of resources and employment opportunities that we had available. This was the first time back in person that we held this event since 2019. Attendees ranged in age from 13 to 24. They were able to talk to staff from several different city departments. Um, including our very own Nipsey, of course, community development, utilities, the fire department, and IT. We also had over 30 local organizations that included the library, um, Dress for Success, California Mobility Center, SMUD, and WellSpace Health that were there providing support for our young people. A couple of events that we have coming up on our community center team uh, will be hosting an Earth Day event, event, Our Planet, Our Home, that will be held at South Natomas Community Center on Saturday, April 22nd at 11 a.m. And Mim Higginwood uh, Community Center will be hosting the spring, a spring carnival on April 29th at 2 p.m. We're also gonna be hosting a larger Earth Day event on Saturday, April 22nd, where we are inviting volunteers out to participate in the Great Sacramento Cleanup Along YPC alongside YPC staff, cleanups are happening at various parks across the city. Um, two of those will be Robla Community Park and the North Laguna Trail. Landscape and learning crews alongside our park maintenance staff will be located at both of these locations with volunteers across the city, planting trees, removing trash, spreading mulch, probably from one of our mulch giveaways. Um, and additional locations will include the San Juan Reservoir Park, Promenade, Matsui Park, Miller Park, Chorley Park, and Granite Regional Park. 
Uh, all of these events are open to individuals or groups, but minors under the age of 18 must be accompanied by an adult. I mentioned our mulch giveaway. We've hosted three mulch giveaway events now, giving away tons and tons and tons of mulch and cookie cutter pieces of tree to do for woodworkers um, out at Land Park, William Land Park, a huge success. I shared with a few of our commissioners earlier this week that we actually had a local teacher that came and picked up some mulch a couple of weekends ago and took it out to Cabrillo Elementary School and is working with a second grade class to design um, and plant their own pumpkin patch using the mulch that they got from our from our giveaway. So really great stuff happening, right? Um, from this unfortunate storms, we're able to see um, something really positive come from that. So much so that we're hosting another mulch event this Saturday on the 8th from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Again at William Land Park. It's free to come as many times as you want. Join us out at William Land Park. Um, we also are excited to have our goats and sheep returning to do some grazing um, across some parks in the city. That's going to start April 15th at North Natomas Regional Park in District 1. Some other parks and natural areas that will be grazed includes Del Paso Regional Park, um, Chicory Bend Park, Chorley Park, and North Laguna Natural Area. So very excited to have our four-legged friends join us to help mitigate some of the landscaping issues that we're having. That is it for my update. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Director. Do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips from those in chambers on this item, and I have uh, one hand raised online. Uh, Colin user ending in 4366. Yes, this is Lambert again, and I. I wanted to say that the person who just gave the report, I'm impressed with that because it highlighted Hagenwood Community Center. And that's where I grew up. And that was a very festive park and community center when I was growing up. Our parents and grandparents would not tolerate the youth not having something to do. I mean, they, they pay property taxes, and that's what I'm paying homage to in 2023. My parents moved here in 1946, and I was so happy to hear that something's going to happen at Hagenwood Community Center. And to the person who's on the commission who highlighted uh, the park over there, Johnson Park, that was beautiful for you to highlight that because that's a good distance for youth to leave from Del Paso Heights to go to Johnson. How do they get there? You know, were you going to walk in the heat? You know, so thank you to the person who just gave that report, because that's impressive to me, because I study City Hall like I'm trying to get a degree from a university, and it's hard to trick me, no matter how it's worded or, you know, however you want to portray it, I can see through it. And I'm impressed with whoever just gave that report. So thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. Thank you, Clerk. And thank you, Mr. Davis. That person is Director Beecham. 
That's who gave that report, and she's on your side, Brent. All right. Do we have any commissioners who'd like to speak on the director's report? Let's start with Commissioner Kangas. Uh, I just wanted to ask about the Great Sacramento Cleanup volunteer effort. That sounds super fun. Do folks have to pre-register? Can they just show up? How does that look like? You do not have to pre-register. You can just show up for the event. And I can share a flyer with the commission after this. Commissioner, Commissioner Boone. Forgive me, are you sharing a podium and that's why they come at the same time? Commissioner McCarchick. Um, so I was curious, you were mentioning kind of really towards the start there, this kind of new survey that just kind of in there. Um, we're working at kind of new stats and stuff. And I'm curious if that will um, impact the equity interactive map we saw um, last month, because I know that's kind of, we were talking about like how the like different parks did, um, all like have the same funding, but not necessarily the same outcome of that funding. And so I wonder if that is that if that's going to affect that map and how we do stuff. You mean the um, statistically valid survey I mentioned? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it will all be connected. Um, this the survey is going to help inform our parks plan. 2040 so our plan moving forward and and really what the community wants to see happen with our parks as far as design as far as design goes um, so I think this just is an indicator that that equity lens dashboard tool that we have will be very useful in helping to determine where those resources and investments are made based on what we're hearing from our constituents very cool and I would love to like potentially have Get get access as a committee to that to that dashboard. I think it looked really cool, and I kind of we wanted. did promise you that yeah. at our last meeting. So I'll make sure we do that very soon. Thank you very much, Commissioner King. Yes, thank you. Um, great report. I really appreciate everything that you are doing, and your team has done amazing work in my district. Um, at my local neighborhood park. So I just wanted to say that I appreciate all of you and all the hard work that you've done. Um, yes, if anybody's wondering, we are having a cleanup at my home district in Chorley Park. We're looking for volunteers. So um, the more the merrier. It's a very large park and we need a lot of help. Um, I was very, very excited and happy to see all the mulch giveaway. I know that there were a lot of community members that came out and received mulch, um, and I'm happy to hear that there's going to be more. Um, I know we have a large amount in my district as well, so um, I think we'll have some more coming up. So if you haven't gotten your mulch yet, there's more opportunities. But again, thank you so much. I really appreciate all the work that you guys do. Thank you, Commissioner King. Commissioner Flores. Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, I just also want to give a big shout out to the Bell Coolidge Community Center. Uh, I know they're very active and especially uh, with a recent announcement that they're hosting a yard sale for community members. And as soon as I saw that flyer, I was like, I have to sign up. I signed up immediately, but now I'm double booked. So now there's a sponsorship opportunity for a, a community member to take the space that I'm taking. So, but I just wanted to just, you know, big ups the Bell College Community Center, thinking of new ways to engage the community. And I know that first weekend, you know, there was already spots, uh, um, uh, registered. Uh, yeah, and then uh, going back to Commissioner Ford about L and L uh, youth interviews. I know I've been a part of the interviewing process, and with Monica, probably still online. Uh, if there's any youth in the queue waiting before getting interviewed, I know staff, especially Monica, when she was there, when I was there, it's like, hey, if anyone just needs a few minutes, 
come to me, talk to me about before going in, inside uh, the room to be an interview. Because it's a, it's a cattle call type, and it's very intimidating, especially for a youth. Uh, and I know I sit there and say, hey, you know, let's take a breath. Sometimes I just scrap the script and it's like, tell me about you. Um, you know, just and hit the points of the script, right? That we're looking for. <laughs> but but sometimes you got to be flexible, right? If you see the apprehension from the youth. But I know there's opportunities at the event itself for youth to go to the side and say, hey, what is the expectations going in? And I know of Monica, I've seen it personally done um, to comfort the person right before an interview. And I, it's very intimidating. So I just wanted to circle back on that. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. Thank you for your report, Director Beecham. I really appreciate it. Um, I would like to thank you for your efforts in fielding all of my calls with Granite Regional, trying to um, clean up Granite Regional, which is subject to lots of dumping. We have an encampment. We have vandalism. Um, we have a lot of things going on, and it's not an overnight process. It does take time. We have resources and ways of helping the people that we have in our parks who need help and correcting the things in our park that need correcting, like fences to keep out dumping and to clean up the dumping and the special teams it takes to clean up special kinds of dumping, like forensic teams, mm -hmm. right? This is something we don't talk about often publicly, but it takes a lot to make sure your parks are nice and safe and clean. And I'd like to recognize Shannon Brown here for all the work that she is doing in helping these cleanups and taking those calls. Um, making sure that uh, the community that comes to you and says, hey, my park has this, this, or that, right? Making sure they understand to call 311 because that is the mechanism that triggers that funding need because the more times you call 311 for whatever unsafe condition is happening or illegal dumping or whatever you're seeing, obviously the need is there when those calls are logged and stacking up. So please remind your constituents to do so, to call 311 and to use it. Um, we have uh, the last item, which is public comments. And oh, forgive me, I skipped one. I promise it's coming up. You're next. We're almost there. Thank you for your patience and for being here tonight. Um, we do have commissioner comments, ideas, and questions uh, for the evening. This is where you suggest your future agenda items, as I've been discussing with some of you, and announce your events that are upcoming or ask any questions that were not on the agenda. Do we have any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Robbins? Yes, just give you a whole D3 report. Um, yeah, thank you guys for being patient. I'll be, I'll try to give my fair warning that I have, I'm difficult to hear or uh, I have a lot to say. So fair warning. But I have to thank, uh, thank Karina Tetamales or, um, excuse me, uh, my uh, council member and, uh, sorry, uh, Assembly member of Bacardi because we've been waiting on a plot of land to be a park since 2008 and it's finally tangible. We finally had funding and that will be happening soon. So I have to thank you guys for that. Um, as said earlier, Earth Day event at the South Natomas Community Center. That's one that we said. Um, there's also the Grand Slam, the Grassland Garden cleanup uh, every third uh, Saturday at the, what is the Grasslands Garden? It is uh, the Natomas Garden Arts uh, Coalition. They finally 
got SMUD to come in and donate 2,500 plants that will turn into a pollinator. You can come check out our gold sho uh, shovel opening ceremony, uh, the 26th, the mayor will be out there. It's going to be very amazing to have this finally tangible. We've been talking about this for a long time, and it's very usable, uh, I mean, very beautiful. I hope everyone can come out and uh, enjoy that. The GNA also has Clino de Mayo coming up soon, which is May 6th. We will be cleaning up the Ninos Parkway. Uh, look forward to doing that. And a personal shout out to uh, former Pacer Ivy Jones will have his own Easter event at the South Antonio Community Center on this Saturday. He's going to have five jumpy houses, a petting zoo, and many, many more things going on there. So I digress. Thank you so much for your time and understanding me fumbling. So have a great night. Well said, Commissioner. Thank you very much. Commissioner Ford. Hi, so District 1 is going to be hosting an Easter egg hunt, carnival themed, on uh, the 8th from 11 to 2. I know that there's also a, a bigger uh, city, city and parks event at the Aquatic Center, so please take advantage of those uh, Easter egg hunts. Um, on another note, um, I know that the last few meetings we've had a lot of different uh, folks come from the public and, and they wait at the end and so I'm wondering how we can be better of helping and making sure that we can get them on the agenda <laughs> and so um, if anyone could share maybe the process so that folks know or a way so that they could get on the agenda um, I just think you know like these young kids have been waiting here for a long time and they're not the only ones right we've had other guests and so how can we um, help get them on the agenda so that you know we could um, not have them sit here through the whole night Thank you, Commissioner. Yeah, that's a really great uh, question, right? How do you get on the agenda? So we have a team uh, that we meet with, uh, the Vice Chair Gaines and I, about a month in advance. And that month in advance, we just met to do our May agenda, right? So this is something we plan out far in advance. And we'd love to hear from you. All you'd need to do is reach out to your commissioner and say, hey, I have an item that I'd like to put on the agenda I'd like to discuss. And they'll decide whether or not they can help you with it then and there, whether or not there's an appropriate team member that the director can direct you to to maybe solve your issue um, before you have to wait a month to come to the commission uh, to reach out to your city council person and member to see if they can solve your issue before it has to come to the parks department as an agendized item and if it's last minute or if it's something that is um, something that would be more poignant um, by showing up in mass as you have tonight then coming to this council and showing your dedication is a really great way to do that um, so I'm glad that you're all here so that's how you do it you reach out to Commissioner Ford or Lou or anyone whoever your commissioner is uh, reach out to Director Beecham through your commissioner, reach out to your city council person, and then we can get that matter on the agenda for you. Yeah, that's a really great, great question. Thank you, Commissioner Ford. And, and I know that my my email is on, on my district's website, but wondering, is, is all of our contact information on the parks website? Okay, great. So anyone that wants to solicit to get on the agenda, that's what is the website where we can? It's, it's the PCEC page of the City of Sacramento. Um, Sacramento spelled out. It's not City of Sac, it's City of Sacramento. Just put PCEC into the search term there and you'll come to our page for the Parks and Community Enrichment Commission. And all of our email addresses are listed there. So that's a really great way. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. Commissioner King. Yes, I just wanted to highlight um, in District 5, we are having a, a opening day parade for our airport Little League. 
Um, so it's where all the kids get dressed up in their uniforms and they do a parade through our neighborhood and culminating at the airport Little League for a big event. Um, it's very fun. You can come out and cheer for the kids. Um, it's a great way to kind of get their excitement going and, and, and it's just a couple hours, but it's a great way to get that going. So um, other than that, we're having a couple cleanups in our district. Um, I think dates are still pending, but um, definitely a way to get involved. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. In District 6, we have Food Truck Mania. It's back fourth Fridays at Tahoe Park. Food trucks, music, vendors, a maker's market from the Tahoe Park Neighborhood Association. It's very fun. There are at least a 1,000 people there. Beer Garden is back this month, so come on down. Um, and every second Friday, we do the same thing at Oki Park. And that is all sponsored by uh, Vice Mayor Guetta. And it's a really good time, so come on down. Um, I would also like to recognize Sacramento United Soccer Team, uh, Soccer Club, uh, for their amazing tree planting, 33 trees on the ground at Granite Regional Soccer Complex, um, with complete with burritos from Tacoa Restaurant. So I would like to thank Tacoa. I would like to thank Sac United. I would like to uh, thank all of our volunteers who came out to help us plant trees. Um, and another call out to call 311 because somebody already snapped one of those trees right in half. If you see something like that, the way to get that tree replaced is to call 311 and say, hey, I planted this tree, I named it, I love it, and someone broke it, and um, I'd like to help volunteer to plant a new one, and we can do that. Um, so I'd like to thank Sean Aylesworth here at the back. Thank you, Sean, um, for your team taking all of our calls and helping us to um, schedule that, helping us to fix that, helping us to bring all the tools down to the park for all of that volunteerism that happens, and helping us to do it one more time. So if you notice something in your park, please do call 311. Uh, Vice Chair Gaines. Thank you. Uh, so just real quick, I wanted to let all of you know, especially those of you guys who've been on the commission since uh, 2020 or before and have heard us talk about uh, Cabrillo Park. We had our tree planting, long time coming, three years, um, and we were able to plant 33 trees um, in Cabrillo Park. So, you know, thank you to Chair Vasquez because she really was the one who started this even before she was on the commission really pushing for this. And then it was supposed to be the weekend that COVID shut everything down. And then there was some um, maintenance happenings. We couldn't do it for 916 days, so it's been a long time coming. All 33 trees made it into the ground. We had the mulch from the free mulch giveaway. I was on mulch duty, so and I was there the whole time. Um, so it was just really great. So I just want to thank you publicly for all that you did in the Meadowview Urban Tree Project. Um, and uh, Mayor Pro Tem, my Vang's office was there as well and provided all of our snacks. And so to all the volunteers, if you're watching, thank you guys for coming out um, because, yes, long time coming and we got it done. Absolutely, and that was a capital improvement project that was completed at Cabrillo Park to put in that irrigation so we could plant even more trees than our initial hope. So excellent, excellent, excellent event. Great job, Vice Chair Gaines. Um, and as we are on the eve of all of our spring holiday events this weekend, please do keep in mind uh, the inclusivity of our populations who cannot eat peanut candy. Uh, who have food allergies, who can't eat all the yummy goodies you're putting in eggs, please make sure, as I remind us every Halloween, to include things that are not food items as gifts for all of your participants, whether it be a sticker or a glow stick or a pencil. Make sure that you have something for our food allergy community to participate in all of your fun events this weekend. And now we're here. It is time, everyone. Our last item is public comments, matters not on the agenda. So it's time, if you have not yet, to write your name on the slip and put it in the basket. 
Clerk, do we have any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have several speaker slips from those in chambers. Um, starting with uh, Dorothy, then Louisa, Kana, and Angel. Thank you. Would you like to approach the podium in that order? Come on down. Don't be shy. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to stand up here. My name's not Dorothy. I'm Louisa. And um, thank you guys for the time. Thank you guys for the um, presentation. It was great. Um, we're here standing as community members in District 8 from the Pacific Islander community. And we have a lot of our community that's in each and every one of your guys' districts. I'm also a board member of our PI community nonprofit, which is TOFA. And I was listening to the, your guys' commission meeting last month, and it was mentioned that our um, commissioner didn't know what rugby was. So that also meant that you guys probably didn't really know what rugby was either. And we, I just thought it was important for you guys to put it on your radar what rugby is. And rugby is a sport that we all play, all of our kids. I have kids that plays. And if you play rugby in here, stand up. This is not all of our rugby players. This is not even a quarter of our team. We have hundreds of players who come specifically to District 8 who actually play in this, um, in this sport. And we're asking that you put it on your radar for us to have equitable playing fields because when the season comes, we're in the rain fields. And so we often get canceled because we can't play on the fields and we need an all-weather field and access to an all-weather field and I know that it may be in your districts and so we're asking if you can put it on your hearts for um, our community and for your community because there are constituents in your um, direct districts who come to us to play to see if we can collaborate and work together and I'm happy to hear that um, equity is a priority and this is one of the equitable things that is, is really important and I like that Junior Giants you guys actually collaborate and I'd like to see if we can collaborate with you too on that for our Amazons and our um, SAC Pal Rugby program. Yeah. Thank you very much. Next, I have Louisa. This, oh. That was Louisa that just finished up. My name is Dorothy. My apologies. Sorry. Um, wow, two minutes. Wow, that's a long time. Um, so as Louisa had stated about the rugby fields, um, close to about 20 years ago, a group of volunteers decided to facilitate education opportunities, athletic ex excellence, promote physical fitness and sportsmanship with a desire to challenge our kids and help them stay off the streets. With that formation, they were called and still called to this day, the Sacramento Amazons rugby team. Um, the medium that was chosen, of course, is rugby. As you can see behind me, this is the Sacramento Amazons rugby girls team. They currently hold the national title, 22-23 um, national champions title. Um, rugby in the past 10 years plus is, um, has grown momentum in the USA. Um, we as an organization, again, we are looking for fields. We get weathered out. Um, our season is year-round. 
Um, as you can see, our youth back here, when they're not practicing, they're kind of in the slumps. So we want to make sure that we have, um, we have these opportunities for them and that they are utilizing their time, um, as always. So as I said, we try to um, we propose in them the um, skills. As rugby, um, it's, a, it's actually not just physicality. It's also a, a game of strategy as well. So we teach that amongst our youth. And again, if you can see, that's a lot of our background is Pacific Islanders. So we try to make them um, see, see the different opportunities that we have. So we're grateful that we have this opportunity to be here. And they're able to voice and, and so that they know that in here is where they voice um, their voice, where the voice is heard. So we wanted to make sure that they were all here. Thank you. Thank you again. Next I have Kava or Kana? Kava. Kava, thank you. It gets real up near. Um, so we got two minutes to win it. All right, that's good. Um, once again, thank you for this opportunity to create this format that we're able to speak our voice, um, another format to be heard. Thank you to our supporters for coming to as well. Um, rugby, what is rugby? Rugby provided a way for not only the girls, but all ages, um, opportunity to go to school, another resource that they may be able to get a scholarship. Um, we had one of them just from Sacramento. They played in the first Olympic rugby. Um, that came from here from Sacramento. Uh, rugby provided a lot of things. It, it provides a, a safety zone for our kids. Um, it provides a way to get them out the house and stop playing video games or watching TV and be more active. Um, so it's one of those attributes and avenues that to be able to provide for the kids. Um, but one of the things that we struggle every year was a field, a field that uh, um, we can call home. Um, bouncing from field to field or trying to find lights, it's tough. Um, but where we come from, um, we make a, a bad situation, we make it good. Um, so what we ask is, can rugby provide us a field? Can rugby provide us a home that we can practice every day, that we can host games, that we can host tournaments, and hopefully provide another way to a resource to further the education and see, around, see the world, see that there's something bigger than the Sacramento box. Um, with that being said, thank you for the opportunity, and thank you very much. Our last speaker in chambers is Angel Lopez. Hey, my name's Angel Lopes. I am a single, low-income, disabled female that uses the CR2 dog space. Sorry, I always cry when I talk about it. It's been a sanctuary for me for 10 years, mostly because as a disabled person, I can't navigate the other dog parks in the area. But dog parks aren't just about exercising our dogs. They're about community. I don't know if you know, but recently, our space has come under attack. That sanctuary that's been both a sanctuary for me physically and emotionally and mentally is being destroyed, and it's getting really ugly. And I'm very disappointed that a space that serves one to 200 people a day on a good day was not supported by the city. Not only were we not supported, we were completely thrown under the bus and had the rug pulled out from under us. It was horrifying, the argument about whether it was permitted 
or not permitted shouldn't even exist because you as a city permitted it to be there and there were signs on the fence that listed the non uh, the non-off-leash hours. The fight has been started by a few people that recently moved into the area. It's gone on to social media. I've been trolled, dragged, called a narcissist. The thing that shocks me the most is that it's not just our community, but it's happening in East Portal, McKinley Park, and all these other places. You guys talk constantly about community engagement and the importance of community mental health. Instead of sending the rangers out to these places to ticket us, why don't you come out to engage with the people that started their own communities because you're not supplying what needs to be out there? And is there any way to come up with a committee or a group of people to start sourcing places in the Sacramento area that we could develop um, accessible dwellings for dog spaces to have off-leash because every community is obviously starting to need it because it's showing up in force. Um, I really don't know what else to say. I could go on for way more than two minutes, but I really hope that you all... What's that? Well, I'm just hoping that um, we can somehow come up with a committee or an area to work together so that if when the places are being designed and developed or you want to come and talk to people, you have people that are dog owners that can give input into the design of these spaces. But it's, it needs to happen now because if you go on Nextdoor or Facebook, it's starting to divide our community and that's not what parks are about. Sorry. Parks are about bringing people together, not separating them. So it's appalling to me that a place that has existed for 20 years in an environment to serve families with um, children and dogs and soccer when people who don't want to be around any of that can just go four blocks away to Curtis Park, I just have a hard time understanding and I have a hard time understanding why me feeling like a marginalized person, I'm not being stood up for by my city when I come to every city council meeting and I just hear constantly about the importance of mental health and community engagement. So instead of sending the rangers out to give us tickets, why don't you guys come out and like talk with us and see what's like really needed because dog owners aren't going away. And it's a perfect Thank opportunity. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. It's a perfect opportunity to get the youth involved as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I have uh, no more speaker slips from those in chambers, and I have several hands raised online. Um, our first speaker is Robla Park. Uh, good evening. Good evening, uh, commissioners. Um, I want to start by thanking you for keeping the concern for um, equity in the forefront of uh, conversation. I really appreciate that. So some of the questions that I had were actually um, addressed uh, by uh, some of the commissioners. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm excited about all of the programs and events and uh, the subject of uh, the lack of budget keeps coming up as it relates to program expansion and needs. And I just wanna say that um, it is significantly important that we get in front of that. Our city, citywide, is growing, growing in population, um, growing in um, the need for amenities. And we have a lot of areas um, in the city that haven't grown along with the city's growth. So 
therefore those amenities um, are still missing from certain communities. I think more direct outreach um, to areas that don't have community centers are extremely important. I want to mention that the Robles School District has five elementary schools, which is part of the demographic of the target market. And in that area, there is no transportation to connect to community centers, no tree canopies, and a lot of other things. So um, perhaps when you're thinking about partnering, that is a school district that uh, could certainly um, benefit and would be welcome to any ideas to improve the quality of life for the students that um, attend their schools. Um, in closing, I want to mention that the Robla Community Park Master Plan has been uh, un not developed since 1998, and we're excited to be working with uh, Commissioner Liu and uh, the Parks Department with improving the um, amenities that have been promised to us and some of the Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is James Pale. Pale, thank you. All right, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. All right, hey, thank you, Chair and Vice Chair, for having me. Um, I'm from, I'm just a guy from District 8. Um, I, I grew up in the South area uh, from Baldy Green Elementary to Fern Bank and Middle to Luther Burbank. Um, and I worked there for uh, a long time. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I represent the Sac Powell Rugby family. Uh, just to let you guys know, it's more than just the girls program. We serve kids from ages five all the way to 18. And yes, we've had Olympians come through our program, uh, college graduates, uh, productive members of society. This is a program for, run by people who look like us for people who look like us. Um, although we accept all different cultures. Um, and that's not just old news, it's still happening. Currently, we have a few of our, our girls, uh, the reigning National Collegiate uh, Rugby Champions at Lindenwood University. We have one kid from our program about to go to Stanford, and we have a host of new ones coming in the future. So I just wanted to get on here and talk about uh, the excitement that was caused when uh, Mayor Steinberg talked about the possible sports complex um, off Mac Road and the importance of equity here. Um, our people have been in the South area since the early 80s, um, and we don't want to go across the section to go find somewhere to practice. Um, I think if we're talking equity, we need to have sports fields in our neighborhood. Even those of us that have moved back, moved out, still come back because, because we love our neighborhood. And there are some entities that run these all-sport uh, turfs, and they have control of them, to be honest. So if we're going to talk equity, which is a big word these days, I think we need to address those things. And everybody from home sitting out there, we need to talk to Ms. Vang. Uh, Ms. Gaines, thank you. I know you're from the South. We'll be having conversations with you very shortly. We appreciate you guys' time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Um, our last speaker is Colin User, ending in 9783. If you could please unmute. 
you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Awesome. Uh, my name is Brenda Ruiz. Um, I'm calling on behalf of the Sacramento Food Policy Council. Wanted to give um, the staff and uh, commissioners an update on our progress at the International Garden of Many Colors. Um, over the last couple of Saturdays, uh, with the part, uh, amazing partnership with Del Paso Growers, Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance, uh, we were able to host two crews of AmeriCorps um, to help uh, clean up this almost three acres of community garden plots with the families of Northgate um, Garden Land. Um, and this spring break, we also hosted a youth group and were able to uh, complete most of our projects. And tomorrow, uh, we'll be working a half day. Uh, we're really excited with the partnership of the City of Sacramento and want to give special thanks to Jonathan Moscato and Javier Ortiz, who have worked with us closely to make sure that um, we have the services that we need and um, coordinate um, some uh, waste pickup for us to make these events happen. Um, hopefully, hopeful to get a meeting on the books with our new, your new director. We're getting the site all nice and cleaned up to make that visit uh, happen. Uh, to end off today, uh, we had a beautiful opportunity to plant um, some wine barrels with some elders uh, that live on North uh, Northfield um, on Northfield and Drive, right across um, Ninos Parkway. Um, we have some elders that have ADA um, and access um, um, barriers to be able to, you know, to plant straight in the ground. So the wine barrels were a wonderful opportunity to enable um, Mr. Prospero Najera to plant uh, 10 wine barrels, uh, three sisters, corn, squash, beans, um, tomatoes. Uh, we had some onion seeds in the ground and um, several kinds of calabacitas. Thank you for your and, comments. Your uh, time is complete. <laughs> Chair, I have no more uh, speakers with their hands raised. Clerk, do I have any members of the commission who would like to speak on our public comments this evening? Vice Chair Gaines, I see your hand up. Thank you. Um, so first, I just want to thank you guys all for being here tonight. Um, I know it was a long, long meeting, um, you know, but this really is how you make change. And so for the young people, for the parents who brought the young people here, um, you know, this is what civic engagement is all about. And this is how you create change in your community. And so I know that this is something that will think about as we make these decisions. When this comes up, we'll remember that you guys came out, that you showed up, that you care about your community, you care about your programs, um, and that you gave up your evening to be here. So um, I have your back. I'm here for you guys. I have at least two more years on this commission. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see what we can do. Um, but as you guys said, you, you represent across Sacramento. And I know um, that the other commissioners here are excited to hear from you, I'm going to assume, um, you know, and that you know, we will do what we can. You know, we've talked about budget. We've talked about all those things. Um, but, you know, as we make those tough decisions, we will we will keep this in mind. Um, I have already reached out to Mayor Pro Tem, Mai Vang, um, and she's ready to meet with you guys. So we just all get with Louisa. We'll get that set up. Um, she wants to have a follow-up meeting with you all post this meeting, you know, so we can figure out at least in D8, um, you know, what we can do. Because, you know, if your season's from 
January to March and it rains January to March, that's not doable. So what can we do? How can we be creative um, to ensure that your guys' program is able uh, to get what you need? Uh, so that's first. And then second, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but can you guys, if you're a young person here and this is your first time in chambers, can you raise your hand? Okay, so thank you that you guys are here. And also, um, at the conclusion of the meeting, I would love to get, not to put you guys on the spot, but I'd love to get a picture of you guys up here with us. I just think it's really important to have that memory of you guys, your first time in chambers. And I'm not, not really around national title holders anytime, so I want a picture with you guys too. Um, so if at the conclusion of the meeting, if the commission will indulge me in that to, to have our young people and their parents uh, come up and get a photo with us. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Ford? I just want to thank all the young people for being here tonight and, and representing and being civically engaged. Thank you so much. If you don't identify as a young person, but this is your first time in Chambers, you can raise your hand too. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, yes. Do it, right? You come and talk to us. And now you heard earlier where my email address is and how to find me. Um, you already know how to find Vice Chair Gaines. I'm guessing she told you how to get here tonight. I'm so glad that she did. Congratulations on a national title. Can someone yell out what, it, what is that title? What is, what is your title? Brooklyn National Title. Uh, we made history. It was pretty much uh, it never happened when made for both high school and middle school. Uh, we had that in Nebraska last year. It was a good experience, whether we won, lost, or draw, but we was able to bring the choker back, so it was a big accomplishment for both of them. Congratulations. Yeah. Next, month, next month, they go back to the East Coast to defend their title. Oh, we are rooting for you. Yes, good luck to you. And all of that without the field that you need. Right? Think about that. All of that without that all-weather field that you're looking for, right? Just making it happen, being resourceful and using what you had. So I can't wait to see what you can do when we get you what you do need, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I like uh, Vice Chair Gaines' idea of a photo taking a photo with us all, um, of you coming up here and us being here with you and taking a photo. But I'd also like to um, say that I heard driving, right? I heard we don't want to have to drive all the way out to that field. So when you're talking about what you need when you have these meetings, be very clear about where you need it. Right? You don't have to drive far away if you don't need to. I, I'm hearing the talk of the, you know, the regional complex and what sports should be there. But if this is something that you need in your own neighborhood, or if you're, if you're wider than District 8, which I'm guessing you are, right? I think that in the past you've played at Shasta, Pinnell, and, and Danny Nunn, correct? And Danny Nunn's getting some remodeling, right? That's happening. So making sure that you're asking for exactly what you need and where you need it, okay? And hopefully, you know, sometime in the future, Maybe you could be up here like Morton, like, and our new program for our three to four-year-olds playing rugby is at, right? Let's think bigger. So I appreciate you all for being here. Why don't you come on up, and we're going to take a picture before we adjourn this meeting.
Oh, so much room. That's not fair. This concludes today's agenda. This meeting is adjourned. Because it was quite loud when I said it, I said, this meeting is adjourned. <laughs>